Victor and I are the student ministers, as you can see, and we are obviously not Jared because one, there's two of us. Second, we are both not wearing all black, and third, we actually need notes, so. <laughs> uh, Victor and I love our job, we love our students, we love this church, and uh, we decided it was crucial to this morning to make sure we bring a little bit of student ministry into the sanctuary as it is Senior Sunday. Something that was a really cliche, classic youth minister move in like the 2000s, 2010s was to throw a picture up on the screen of you as a kid to create some relatability. So Victor and I decided to do that this morning. Here's little Vic. Aww. Playing the French horn. Love. And this is Lil Aves. I bet none of you knew I hunted growing up, so there's that. And um, here's the reality. We are not in 2010 anymore. Victor and I are dealing with Gen Z and Gen Alpha nowadays, so we have to take relatability to a whole other level with TikTok. Uh, Victor and I make a lot of TikToks. It's an app, if you don't know what that is. People make dances, sing songs, they go viral. So Victor and I decided to make a TikTok for you this morning to make sure we relate to our lovely students here in the front row. So let's take a look. When you're spending every day on your own and here it goes. And if you're wondering, that is the same hat and shirt I wore when I was 12, so. <clears throat> Our message is titled this morning, Called by Name in the Darkness, and together we are going to walk through quickly the story of Samuel with you. Samuel was one of me and Avery's favorite Bible characters growing up. Yeah, my mom used to read this to me every night. It was a picture book growing up, and I will never forget the way she would act as God calling out Samuel's name. She would go, Samuel, Samuel, and I still, whenever I read this story, say that in my head, so. So who is Samuel? Samuel was born to Hannah, who could not have children, but through her faith and prayer, she was able to have a child. She dedicated him from birth to the Lord, and his name means God has heard. Hannah gave Samuel to Eli, the high priest, and this is where we pick up our story of Samuel today. Uh, Samuel is 12 years old, like the age of us in those pictures, uh, in the midst of his training with Eli. And my absolute favorite way to read the Bible is with oomph. Our students know all about reading with oomph. The first time I read with oomph was actually with this graduating class four years ago. So it brings me great joy to be able to read with oomph on your, their senior Sunday. Oomph. O-O-M-P-H, is where I read the verse, a verse or two, and then I'll ask you a question, and then enthusiastically, enthusiastically, you will answer back. I think you'll catch on pretty quickly. Let's start reading in 1 Samuel 3, 1 through 11. The boy Samuel was serving God under Eli's direction. Under whose direction? Eli's. Boom. This was a time when revelation of God was rarely heard or seen. Rarely heard or what? One night, Eli was sound asleep. His eyesight was very bad. He could hardly see. It was well before dawn. The sanctuary lamp was still burning. Samuel was still in bed. Samuel was still in what? Bed. In the temple of God where Christ of God rested, where the chest of God rested. Then God called out, Samuel, Samuel. 
Samuel answered, yes, I'm here. Then he ran to Eli saying, I heard you call, here I am. Eli said, I didn't call you, go back to bed. And so he did. God called again, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli. I heard you call, here I am. Again, Eli said, son, I didn't call you, go back to bed. Go back to what? Bed. This all happened before Samuel knew God for himself. It was before the revelation of God had been given to him personally. God called again, Samuel. In the same voice and tone, God said, what? Samuel. He called him the third time. Yet Samuel got up and went to Eli. Yes, I heard you call me. Here I am. That's when it dawned on Eli that God was calling the boy. So Eli directed Samuel, go back and lie down. If a voice calls you again, say, speak, Lord. I am your servant, ready to listen. Ready to what? Listen. Then God came and stood before him exactly as before, calling out, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel answered, speak. I'm your servant, ready to listen. God said to Samuel, listen carefully. Listen how? Carefully. I'm getting ready to do something in Israel that is going to shake everyone up and get their attention. Get their what? Attention. Give yourself a pat on the back for that one. Yeah, that was awesome. (laughs) Okay, so scripture says, as we just read, that a word from the Lord was rare during this time. And this is because a lot of people's hearts were hardened during this time. The priesthood was corrupt. A lot of men in authority were abusing their power and abusing people. And so this sort of silence from God was almost like a divine judgment. Um, God's call on Samuel happens in the night, and we know that in this story, it's not just physically dark, it is spiritually dark. And Victor referenced a lamp almost being burnt out. Um, This is almost an allusion to light almost being conquered by darkness. Um, Darkness is present in the night, being overtaken and overtaking light and blinding God's people from seeing his works and hearing his voice. And I think that this darkness, this light getting dimmer and dimmer, is not just something we read about. I think it's something we can all relate to and we experience today in our own reality. And we actually have some statistics we would like to share with you to kind of reflect that darkness that sometimes we might feel. So... Um, Our first one is that after COVID, one in four adolescents have struggled with depression. More than 75%, three-fourths of adults report symptoms of stress, including headache, tiredness, or sleeping problems. There are now 3.32 million refugees who have fled from the Russian-Ukraine crisis. 90% of stories published in major U.S. media outlets were negative in tone. Worldwide, it is projected that another quarter million people will fall into poverty this year. And this isn't on here, but the stat saddens me deeply. The bee population is declining by millions each year. Victor (laughs) played the French horn and also now keeps bees. Yeah, yeah, that's the... These stats are a part of our world story right now. Uh, But in Samuel's story, we see that God is present in darkness like this. And that's the first point we want to kind of talk about this morning. God is present in the darkness. God is present in Samuel's life. We read that it said Samuel did not know the Lord yet, but in previous verses and chapters, Samuel was already ministering, prophesying, and speaking for him throughout his youth. And not just once, but he is ministering and prophesying multiple times over and over as a kid. It was a spiritually dark and rare time, but this 12-year-old boy was showing God's presence. Samuel's role in this story was set out before birth. His mother was not even supposed to have children, and yet 
The child she was given from God would be the one to hear God in a spiritually dark time. And then, on top of all of that, for Hannah to give her child over to this specific priest, Eli, that's just another step. See, Eli had sons that were supposed to take his place, but they were rebelling against the Lord. And you can imagine the grief that Eli felt. And it says in Scripture that three times that Samuel ministered unto Eli. The sons hurt their father with their rebellion, but Samuel was not influenced by their bad example. Instead, he ministered unto Eli. And out of all the places that he could have grown up, that Samuel could have grown up, he grew up next to one of the most physically divine objects in the Old Testament, the Ark of the Covenant. All of this points to that God is present in the darkness. And I like seeing the positives, and I would call myself a little bit of an optimist. Uh, And Avery would not necessarily call herself a pessimist, but... Realist. A realist, yes. And so it's fitting that Avery was referencing the dark symbolism, such as it being nighttime and Eli's eyesight being bad. But I love the contrast that this passage gives with light. The lamp is burning. And not just burning out, but it's still burning. It is nighttime, but it's right before dawn. Samuel was asleep, but God was calling him awake. God's voice in this story is not a visual form of light, but an auditory form. God's voice cut through the darkness. In this spiritually dark and rare time where no one had seen or heard God, he spoke to a 12-year-old boy not once, not twice, not three times, but four times. God's voice was present in the darkness. God's voice uh, goes beyond the expected. In the story, Eli assumes that whatever voice Samuel is hearing uh, is Eli's voice and that it's probably wrong. So Eli already assumes that Samuel's thinking that Eli called him and that it's wrong. Eli is not even fathoming that it could possibly be God's voice calling on Samuel. And I relate to this so much, and maybe you do too. I have to admit, I love to wedge myself into stories and say, oh, yeah, because I didn't hear it or I didn't notice it, it must possibly not be true. I don't know if you do that, but I'll I'll admit that I do that. Um, I think sometimes we like to build walls and expectations around the literal voice that spoke the whole universe into existence. I think about the number of times I have deemed something a coincidence instead of a miracle. I think about the number of times I've been in our sixth grade small group and they have left me with my jaw dropped from the amount of wisdom that comes out of their mouths and I sit there trying to wrestle with the fact, oh, but they're so young. I think about um, how sometimes the lens of shame blinds me from thinking God's truth is relevant in my life. I think of the verse in Song of Solomon, you're beautiful, my darling, there is no flaw in you. I so often let that fall from my ears onto the ground and walk right over it. I also think about the times I dig my heels into the ground, avoiding a conversation with someone who might think differently than me, All to find out when I sit at the same table as them and talk about God's power and God's presence, a sense of humanity and dignity returns to them because I couldn't possibly have fathomed that God was present in their life just because we disagree. Hmm. And maybe you feel that way too. As people, as humanity, I think as Christians, we are so black and white in this all or nothing mentality 
creates conditions around where we see God and where we see him to be fit. And I will be honest, when we read those statistics from earlier, it is hard for me to see God. I wanna say, where are you? What are you doing? I definitely can't see you, so there's no way that I'm going to hear you. We like to say, not now and no way, and we're not even sure the voices we hear are from God. Samuel does not say this in his story, He does not wake up and say, not now, not yet, I'm too tired. He says, here I am. And I think the coolest thing about God's voice is that it goes beyond what we expect and that he will keep speaking until we listen. God keeps speaking until we listen. Samuel listened. Eli was a little hesitant. It took Eli three tries to think that God was possibly speaking to a 12-year-old named Samuel, and that's okay. It's okay if it takes us some time to see the beautiful divine moments woven in to the distorted and mundane experiences of our lives. It's really, really hard for us to think of moments in our lives, broken ones, hard ones, there's no way God would possibly want to place himself in. And yet... We know this story to be true. It is written all over the Bible and all over our lives, and the story that saves our life is that God did. (laughs) He was on the dirtiest cross with the deepest of wounds amongst a crowd full of fear and rage and indifference and a lot of doubt, and it was that place in that darkness that led to our eternal life a place in that darkness that led to us getting to have hope forever in an unconditional way. And it's because of this in the gospel, for us, that God's voice is no longer rare. We've received the Holy Spirit through the gospel, and now God's voice, God's truth, is always with us. And that is the best hope that we get to carry. And God's voice was rare when Samuel was asleep and he called on him. The unexpected voice called the unexpected boy, and Samuel listened, and he got up. And Samuel makes an effort to try to figure out what voice is calling him, what voice is calling him by name. And that curiosity and that urgency and that desire and that faith is the exact faith that led to Samuel's legacy of leadership in his life. Verse 11 says, God said to Samuel, Listen carefully. I'm getting ready to do something in Israel that is going to shake everyone up and get their attention. This brings us to our third point. Fruit comes when we listen and go. Another version of this verse says, I'm about to do something that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. I like this version a little bit more. God doesn't tell Samuel all the great things that he's going to do and what his future looks like. And spoiler alert, but Samuel does go on to do God's work and shake things up, and make people's ears tingle. Samuel grew up to be the last and most effective of Israel's judges, even anointing and counseling Israel's first two kings, Saul and David. He helped Israel turn from idolatry and served God alone. And sure, he had those accomplishments. He had many more accomplishments than that. But I believe it is even more important to Samuel's story that his character was full of fruit. Samuel's character throughout 1 Samuel was love, Integrity, humility, loyalty, courage, obedience, respect, etc., etc. 
Fruit came for Samuel because he listened, got up, and responded to the Lord. Fruit comes when we listen and go. And yes, it's way easier to lie down and then to get up and go. Yes, it is hard to get, up to get up and go when we don't know where we're going and when we're not in control of where we're going. But we can't let that stop us from listening and getting up. I want you to ask yourself these, these next few questions. What is God urging you to listen to? Where are you hearing God's voice? How do we tell that God's voice, it's God's voice versus any other voice? I have an answer for that one. It's when we, when God's voice is one that bears essential qualities of the fruit of the Holy Spirit that we've been blessed with. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. And you could tell that Samuel was listening to the Lord because of the fruit that his life showed. Fruit comes when we, church, listen and go. In this next generation, the church of today specifically, Gen Z, we want to focus on since it's Senior Sunday, uh, we believe they've listened. Uh, These students have asked us challenging questions. They wrestle with doubt. They all survived their developmental years through a global pandemic. They were out of years, they were out of school for years and have come back and have conquered that. Um, They have witnessed a lot of the world's violence and heartache and they have said, here we are, how can we help? What do we do and how do we all heal? And I so often think, I can admit to this, that we unintentionally uh, make the voices of the young secondary. I do this, I take my own standards and life experiences and say, well, I didn't go through that, so must not be that bad. Done it plenty of times. But God's voice goes beyond the expected and God's present in the darkness. And we believe this morning to see that truly specifically through Gen Z. And we want to shed light on the ways Gen Z is making an impact in the world with some more stats. Here's some global statistics for you. By 2030, 30% of the global workforce will be Gen Z. Gen Z is the most racially diverse and educated generation. 76% of Gen Z is concerned about the human impact on the environment. They feel passionate about security, saving, and working hard. A study found that 58% of Gen Z workers were willing to work nights and weekends if it meant achieving a higher salary. 30% of Generation Z members would agree to a 10 to 20% pay cut if they were offered a job in an organization with a mission that they cared about. And after looking at stats, this isn't on here, but something that I would like to point out is that this generation overwhelmingly has an urge to improve on skills like ethics, integrity, interpersonal relations, and confidence. I don't know about you, but these statistics bring me a lot of hope. Um, And although these statistics are on a bird's eye view, we've seen the same sense of grit and accountability and passion and faith with our students, and more specifically, the senior class of 2022. And here at Southern Hills, their voices and their lives have not been secondary. 
There are small group leaders, mentors, adults, church members that have listened and walked and supported these students in their dreams and faith and aspirations at their time here, at, during their time here at Southern Hills. And I've said this since the moment I walked in these doors four years ago, that Southern Hills has a gift of divine, it's an inter, intergenerational divine gift that you carry with you, with us, and that is so evident here in this congregation. Um, and this is a body of Christ that has seen and valued one another at every age and every phase and every stage. And so before we bring our seniors up to bless them, uh, we wanted you, the congregation, to be able to hear from them personally about the ways that uh, Southern Hills has been a blessing in their life and just to thank you through a quick little video. So let's watch. A word that I would say that really captures Southern Hills is community. If I could describe Southern Hills in one word, it would be inclusive. Comfortable. Life-giving. Family. If I could describe Southern Hills, I would say it's consistently loving. The love and encouragement that I have received throughout my years of attending Southern Hills and just even recently in this chaotic but very exciting time of my life, uh, beyond grateful for the people there and just how supportive and how positive everyone is towards me and just this accomplishment in my life. I'd say one of my favorite experiences at Southern Hills were the high school retreats because I had the most fun with all the youth group and all the high school ministers. One of my favorite experiences at Southern Hills was the 2019 girls retreat because it helped me connect with all of my new sisters in Christ at Southern Hills. One of my favorite experiences at Southern Hills is the summer dry bones trip. It challenges me to jump outside of my comfort zone and it enables me to get to know my peers on a deeper level. One of my favorite memories from Southern Hills is just everything we've done with the youth group and all the friendships I've made. Some of my favorite memories of Southern Hills are the mission trips that I've gotten to go on because I've gotten to see how God works in the world around me. One of my favorite memories from Southern Hills is hands down the youth group camps that happen every summer. I absolutely love how you go to this camp and you make new connections and you build stronger connections and you truly learn what it means to be a follower of Christ and I'm just very thankful for all the ministers, the people, the volunteers. I'd like to thank Southern Hills, but specifically I'd like to thank Avery and Victor and Josh Hardcastle, Holly Rocca. I'd like to thank my small group leaders, the Brants, the Beards, and the Andersons. And then I'd also want to thank Dwayne and Tammy Anderson for being a mentor and giving me the best high school experience and making it just Southern Hills just much, that much more special for me. Thank you, Southern Hills, for all the great opportunities you've given me to grow my faith. Thank you, Southern Hills, for always being there to support me through my activities, whether they be church or school related. Thank you, Southern Hills, for always making me feel like I belong. Thank you, Southern Hills, for investing so much in my spiritual journey. I just want to say a big thank you to the church um, and just, once again, all the support and all the love and all the encouragement that I have received, again, throughout my years at Southern Hills and also just right now. I am truly, truly beyond blessed for Southern Hills. Okay, students, we're going to call your name one by one uh, for you to come up and stand in a line here on stage. Uh, we're going to start with Josh Carpenter. 
Josh is a son of Scott and Heather Carpenter, and he is graduating from Wiley High School. Kyle. Kyle. Oh, you go. Yeah, sorry, my bad. <laughs> Kyle Corbett is the son of Stephen and Tiffany Corbett, and he is graduating from Wiley. Kyla Flanagan. Kyla is the daughter of Danny and Sharice Flanagan, and she is graduating from Wiley. Hope Longley. She is the daughter of David and Charlotte Longley, and she is graduating from Abilene Christian High School. McKinley Pattison. McKinley is the daughter of Craig and April Pattison, and she is graduating from Abilene Christian High School. Will Rollins is the son of Steve and Kim Rollins, and he's being a trooper on his crutches this morning, and he is graduating from Adams. Anna Tidmore. Anna is the daughter of Taylor and Heather Tidmore, and she is graduating from Abilene High. And last but not least, Hallie Wright. Hallie Wright is the daughter of Lisa Wright, and she is graduating from Abilene High. Give it up for class of 2022. going to give a little charge to the seniors real quick, things we hope and pray for them, and then the small group leaders from their class are going to come pray, and then we'll finish with, may the Lord bless you and keep you. So, class of 2022, give yourself a pat on the back, you did it. Some of you have two weeks left, but we're counting it. Don't do anything crazy in the next two weeks. We want to say this to you. You are going to go through seasons. You've already been through seasons. Different schools, Friendships, transitional seasons, academic stress, sports stress, play stress, whatever it is, there are plenty of seasons you are going to go through. Some of them are going to be hard, and we want you to know there is a place with Christ to belong during those seasons. You have a creator, God, that says your name and values you for who you are in those seasons, regardless if you feel like you haven't done enough or you didn't make someone proud enough. Through the gospel, your worth is not conditional, but unconditionally worthy of the purpose God has placed on your life. God's voice will go beyond the expected. Our faith comes when we believe and trust that God is bigger than the walls and the comfort zones that we make. We find hope and humility when we accept that God is working in the farthest and widest ways beyond our wildest dreams. You're going to wear many hats like Samuel. You might go to college and change your major once, maybe four times. Uh, Maybe you'll have a million jobs in your life. Maybe you will live a bunch of different places. But regardless of what position Samuel found himself in, he sought the presence of the Lord. He did his work for the Lord, and we pray and hope the same for all of you. There is no such thing as a secular field when when the heart of God commands your life. He gave you your passions for a reason. Pursue them. We pray that you truly discern the voice of God and cast out the lies of the enemy. We want you to please hear this, that God does not speak in shame. He does not speak to cripple you in anxiety. He does not desire to make you feel like you have failed if you do not reach a numerical number on a quiz or a paycheck. God is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Seek these things, share these things, and lay down the thoughts and words that, that do not look like these things. 
Use these fruits also to discern your friendships and your relationships. Ask yourself this question. Do you see those qualities in the people that you are going to surround yourself with in your next season of life? Your words have power. I'm going to say it again. Your words have power. May they be sweet like honey, powerful like Esther's, wise like Phoebe's, truthful like John's, justice-seeking like Luke's, honest like Job's, May you have faithful yeses like Mary. May you rise up and go like Samuel. We're going to have the small group leaders start making their way up here for the prayer. Seniors, last thing. Fruit comes when you listen, rise up, and go. And this is not just now becoming a reality. This has already been a reality for you. You have listened, you have risen to many occasions, and you have done extraordinary things. There's been a village investing in you, and cheering you on along the way, and so many of these faces are present here today. These small group leaders are some of them. They have planted roots of support, consistency, and intentionality into your stories. Family members, friends, ministers, and even strangers see all of the ways that you have brought Christ into the rooms that you go into. We have already seen so much fruit in you. Here's the fruit that we see in each student specifically already. Josh, in you we've seen patience. Kyle, in you we see faithfulness. Hope, in you we've seen joy. Kyla, in you we see kindness. McKinley, in you we've seen peace. Will, in you we see gentleness. Anna, in you we've seen love. Hallie, in you we see goodness. To end our charge to the seniors, our small group leaders are going to say a little prayer, and we're going to have our seniors come down to the bottom near the stage, so congregation, you can come lay your hands on them, friends and family, and we actually have the prayer written by your small group leaders in a packet, so you can have it forever and look back over it, so as you leave and head down here, you can take your packet with you, and then uh, if congregation, you can just come up and lay your hands, our small group leaders will pray, so go I'm going to just stand over them. Will you play with me? Father God, we thank you for allowing us to journey alongside these seniors over the last several years. These students are brave, accepting, kind, fun, and an enjoyable group to be with. We see each day their strong sense of your mission, whether that be in locations in other countries, other states, or even their respective schools. We recognize the value each places on their families and the source of encouragement and strength derived from their immediate and extended families. We love their willingness to stand up and be counted each and every day. Father, we stand as a witness how these students don't shy away from sharing the gifts and the talents you have blessed them with. We've seen this firsthand on the field, on the court, on the stage, in the classroom, and yes, in youth group activities. 
Fathers, these young men and women have tremendous courage as they approach this significant milestone of high school graduation. May your name be glorified as you have prepared them to be leaders and participants in your kingdom work. Lord, please continue to place your armor of protection over these students as they enter in the next chapter of the book you have written for them. These are some amazing young adults who have walked in faith and truth with you. We know you have a perfect path already laid out. Even though it is unknown and new, may they have the peace of knowing you are with them every step of the way. God of peace, we lift these students and their families to you and pray that you fill them with an overwhelming sense of peace during this challenging period of change and transition. When feelings of doubt, anxiety, and uncertainty creep in, May your gentle spirit breathe comfort, contentment, and confidence into the hearts of these students and their families. Bless them with the peace and assurance that can only be found in the deep, abiding love that you have for each of us. Lord, this church is honored to have served and be served by these kind and gracious students. Lord, we pray as this group goes off to new adventures that they seek and find a new village. While we want them to know this will always be their home, we know it is your will for them to shine your light in this world. May they be surrounded by people who run alongside them on their journey of faith. We pray they find new cheerleaders, new teachers, and mentors who remind them that they are never alone. Again, we thank you for the time you have given Southern Hills to form their foundation of faith. With joyful hearts, we look forward to seeing how they will further grow your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I want to just invite you to stay where you are. Everybody else, let's be standing together. We're going to close our time together today with a prayer of blessing uh, as we sing together over this senior class. Let's sing together. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace, and give you peace. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you, be gracious, the Lord be gracious, gracious unto Bless you. Have a great week.